Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. Well, hello and welcome to another show and episode of Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor. I'm Jay Connor, your host and the Private Money Authority. Welcome you to another show here. And I got to tell you, we have got a movement going on. We're almost at 200,000 downloads and listens, and we're just excited to have you here. If this is your first time to the show, I want to give you a very, very special welcome. Here on the show, we talk about all things real estate investing, from single family houses to commercial to land, and even today, we're going to be talking about self-storage and how you can really automate this business and truly enjoy passive income in this world of real estate investing. If you've been tuning in over the past months, you know I have amazing experts and guests come here on the show, and today is no different. But before I bring on my friend and business colleague, I've got a free gift for everybody that's tuning in. You know, I'm known as the Private Money Authority, and the reason I am is because over 10 years ago, I was cut off from the banks with no notice, no way to fund my deals, and I was introduced to this wonderful world of private money, which has got nothing to do with mortgage uh, lenders, institutions, or hard money lenders. This is private money where we actually do business with individuals. So I've got an on-demand webinar ready for you to discover the five easy steps from going from no funding to over $2 million in funding right away, just like I did. So check it out right after the show. You can get right on over to www.jayconner.com forward slash money podcast and check out that on-demand webinar. That's www.jayconner, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R, 
facebook.com forward slash money podcast. Well, today I'm so excited to have my friend and business colleague, Mr. Fernando Angelucci here on the show with me. And before I bring on Fernando, let me tell you just a little bit about him. First of all, he's way too young to be this successful. He is a 28-year-old senior managing partner of what's called the Titan Wealth Group based out of Chicago, Illinois. Now, Fernando, he first read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, when he was only 16 years old. And shortly after that, Fernando started up his first business when he was only 19 years old while he was still at the University of Illinois. Well, when Fernando graduated and got his degree as in uh, ag bioengineering back in 2013, he quickly went on to work for a Fortune 50 company. And while there, he started immediately investing in single-family houses. So by the age of a ripe, young, 23 years old, he was able to replace his income. And he exited the nine-to-five rat race and began investing in single-family and multifamily properties full-time. So by the age he was only 24, he began purchasing self-storage facilities. And within two years, he started pooling funds from his investors to be able to ground up Class A self-storage facilities. So today, folks, we're talking about self-storage. And welcome to the show, Fernando. How in the world are you doing, Fernando? Hey, Jay. I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic, man. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to come here and be on the show with us today. So it's good to see you. We were just together at our... um, Collective Genius Mastermind meeting a few weeks ago. Let's see, where were we? Down in Florida, I think we were together uh, for, for that mastermind. So, Fernando, I'm excited. I'm, I mean, I've only had one other guest uh, since we started up the show to talk about self-storage. So there's there's not many of you guys out there that are like in it full-time like you are. So let's jump right on into self-storage. But first of all, Fernando, before we do, tell my audience why it is that you're qualified to talk about self-storage. Yeah, we're full-time self-storage investors. We're buying a new self-storage facility every 60 to 90 days right now. It's starting to trend toward every 30 to 60 days. Um, And we're placing almost 100% leverage on a lot of our properties because of the very uh, high appraisals that we're getting uh, versus what the purchase prices are. We just started uh, getting a lot of syndicated money following us. Uh, We haven't had to use it just yet. But yeah, everything's been going real well. We'd like to get to a point in the next 34 months, 35 months, we'd like to be at about a $60 million valuation on the company. So we're starting to trend in the right direction here. Wow. So you've been doing this now for four years. How long have you been like totally focused full time on self storage? About a year now. So I kind of step back and give you my history. So I first started out in the single family space as a wholesaler. Very quickly, I graduated up to my first multifamily building as a buy and hold investment. It was a five unit apartment building. And then I started to get all the type of issues that come along with being a landlord, that 1 a.m. calls because the toilet's running, you know, the evictions and the people not wanting to pay. And it started to really bear down to me. And when I was looking at it, 
it didn't make a lot of sense long term for me. I'm more of a lifestyle investor. I want to invest not to be the richest guy out there, but just to have a really good life and have enough time to spend with my friends and family. So I started looking towards uh, different avenues. And I was down in uh, Indianapolis for a real estate expo. And that's when I met a mutual friend of ours, Scott Myers. And uh, he basically showed me, showed me the way. <laughs> right. Yep. So from there, I started doing what I knew how to do. And that was putting self-storage facilities under contract and actually wholesaling them for much larger spreads than I was making in the single family and the small multifamily space. An opportunity came where a few of my old cash buyers that I worked with and good friends, they actually approached me and said, hey, we like what you're doing with the self-storage thing. We'd like to you know, build a company with you. We have a lot of capital already at our disposal. You know, how would you like to do this full time and, and kind of you know, slow down the wholesaling side of things and, and your multifamily, single family side? I said, absolutely. So uh, for the first two years, it was a lot of wholesale and self-storage facilities. And then once I got together with Guy, Ron, and Steven, then we started doing this full-time and, and actually acquiring to hold long-term 15-plus years on each, on each facility is the goal. I got you. So how many different projects or self-storage projects or, you know, you, got, you talk about single-family houses. What do you call the self-storage? Is it a location? Is it a project? Yeah. What is it's it? A facility is what I like to call it. A facility, I got you. Yeah. How, many, how many facilities are you involved in now? Yeah, we're up to six right now. We have another three under contract, and then we have about 12 in the pipeline um, that are still being underwritten at the moment. Wow, wow. So when it comes to funding these deals, what percentage would you say are requiring for you to raise the capital, and what percentage will the current owners actually seller finance and carry the note? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. We've had a, a hodgepodge of, of different setups to these deals. We bought some deals cash just because we had to, had to move very, very quickly. Other deals, we were able to structure 100% financing from the banks. So the banks actually paid us. We closed a deal a couple of weeks ago in, in Hampton, Tennessee, that we walked away from the closing table with a $96,000 check. And uh, we're working on one right now in Little Rock, Arkansas, where the bank is going to come in in a first position at 550000 And then the seller is going to carry back a second position for 200000 at 0% interest for five years. So it's a, it's a nice. mix of cash, seller finance. We always like to lean towards the seller finance because then we get to dictate the terms and you know, really make sure that it works for us long term. You just gave an example of what I do all the time. Like tomorrow, I'm closing on a deal. It's a single family house, big project over on the beach, but I'm buying the house and I'm coming home with like a sixty or seventy thousand dollar check. You know, I mean, I like to get, I like to get paid. I like to get paid. You know, to buy properties. So that's pretty cool. So, how do you find these deals? Fernando, I mean, where do you go? I mean, you're buying, you know, all over the place. Right. Yeah. So we're currently buying in 24 states. The number one part of our marketing campaign always comes from what we know best, and that's direct to seller marketing. We will go ahead and, and send our criteria over to one of our data analysts. 
he'll put together a list of properties that meet those criteria. And primarily right now, our criteria are has to be a mom and pop owner. So they can't be one of these large, sophisticated REITs that's never going to sell to us, you know, sell to us at the prices that we need. They need to be in markets that are either in the Midwest or if they're outside of the Midwest, they're low property tax states because that's, uh, as you'll see later on, it's one of the largest line item expenses we have here. And then, like I said, it needs to be a mom and pop owner. So when I, when I mean mom and pop, what I mean is someone that's not a sophisticated you know, investor, they usually are running these facilities as a secondary source of income. They don't have a lot of management efficiencies in place, and there's still an opportunity to bring these facilities to their highest and best use. I got you. Now, when you say you send your criteria over to a data analyst, is that the same thing as a broker? Correct. Right. So we use a brokerage company based out of Chicago and they kind of have both sides. So I say, here's what I want. And then they will always come back and say, well, I think maybe if we approach it slightly differently, you'll still get the same results that you're looking for. So instead of me just buying a list and telling them what I want, I usually rely on their expertises as as a data analyst and a data broker to tell me, here's what you really want, Fernando, based on what you're telling me. Here's the list that we can provide. So what kind of criteria are you sending to your brokers these days as to what you're looking for? Yeah, so it's, it's pretty easy. So I, I give them the list of states that I'm looking to invest in, and then I have them scrub out the top 100 operators in the business to get rid of all the really good professional players. I also have them scrub out the top 50 management companies. And what you'll find a lot of the time is that there's a lot of these, these facility owners that they don't want to do the management themselves, so they'll hire these you know, very efficient, very professional companies to manage their facilities for them. And as a part of that, one of the things they do is they recommend to their owners, you know, what prices to list or sell their properties at. Right now, the self-storage market, there's a lot of deals that are moving at four and a half to six and a half, maybe seven and a half percent cap rates. Right now on our portfolio, we're averaging about 11.2% cap rate on the day one purchase. So I'm trying to almost double the market here as far as the cap rates go. So let's uh, simplify that a little bit. You talk about an 11 point something cap rate, a 6 point something cap rate. What does that mean to the non-sophisticated and commercial yeah. investors so far? Yeah. So it's just a percent return on your on the money invested. So if I buy a facility and after all expenses, it produces $6,000 a year and I paid $100,000 for that facility, that's a 6% cap rate. There you go. Right. There you go. Excellent. So how do you how do you decide on which states that you want to be investing in? Is that because of the tax rates? Correct. So that's one of the two portions. The first is we like to buy in the Midwest because there's a lot of value in the Midwest when it comes to commercial property. As soon as you start hitting the East and West Coast, you have a lot of hedge fund money, a lot of international money that you're competing against. And to them, they, they just want to beat inflation. So they're willing to pay much higher prices than what we're willing to pay. So that's one of the reasons we love the Midwest. Plus, I live in Chicago, so I can get anywhere in the Midwest within a couple hours jumping on a flight. So it's easier to touch all my facilities. The second criteria is like you said, is the tax rate. Self-storage is one of those businesses where the amount of expenses, your highest 
expense on average is either going to be personnel or property taxes, depending on which states you're in. So I'm trying to lower those as fast as I can. Property taxes, the easiest way is just to buy in states that have low property taxes and then contest them when you do buy property saying, hey, I think you're taxing us too much. And then the second being personnel, we try to automate a lot of our facilities as much as possible, allowing people to rent online, rent through their phone, buy tenant insurance, buy locks using little kiosks that almost look like ATMs outside the facility. So I won't need a full-time person there at, you know, costing whatever it would be for their annual salary. So, so.